This interview is brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. You can check out the full episode at LickinOnLending.com. Welcome to the Hot Topic segment today. I am excited to have Stephen Cooley joining us. He's founder awesome. and CEO of Art Versus Math, and it's a hyper-creative, numbers-based advisory firm. I love the, how Andy teed this up for you, Stephen. Good Thank to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, if I, I ever need a commercial done, I mean, Andy pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head. And one of the things that he and I talk about all the time, we're both musicians and we're both artists, yet we work in this. I mean, I thought it was like cra- was crazy. Did I find like the worst industry I could possibly get in? You know, because I am more of an artist. I'm wired like that. And uh, yet the skills when it comes to art are very much applicable in the discipline world of math and mortgages. So uh, I was really thrilled when you and I met last year. In fact, it was just about a year ago you and I met in San Ramon, California. We are both attending the Social Surveys Conference, great conference. And you and I jumped on a, we were heading to the airport together. I saw you standing there with your luggage. I said, you want to join me? And said, sure, <laughs> let's go with whosoever Uber gets here first. <laughs> mine got That's there right. first. You That's jumped right. in mine, and you canceled yours. And It's starting to have a good friendship. So I'm really thrilled to have you here talking oh. with us. Another thing, another data point that I want to give our listeners as we get into our talk today, discussion is you were formerly the Digital Marketing Director for Finance of America and Finance of America Reverse, for the reverse mortgages. Correct. And they got out of the business and it's not an unfamiliar story, Stephen. A lot of people saying consumer direct's not working for us. Uh, we're, we had to shut that down, and and I I couldn't disagree more. Yet I know it's not being done because they just don't like it. It's because they're not getting results. So I'm really thrilled to have you here, and I'm thrilled to have you join Andy and I and the many others who are out there in the consulting world joining us in the consulting space, and people say, well, why would you have a competitor on? Well, I don't see it that way, folks. I see it as, first of all, we're here to bring you information, listeners, but we're thrilled to bring anyone who works in a way that plays well. We all play well in in the sandbox of mortgage together. And Stephen, it's an honor to have you here with us. So I'm really excited to get into this. So let's start off by this. Would you explain why you named the company Art versus Math? I guess it's spinning on what Andy already teed up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Andy, like I said, I mean, did a really, really, really strong job articulating exactly, exactly why I named it that. Um, I was a, in a former life, I was a science musician as well. Um, and, uh, you know, you were a what? And, uh, Did I, was, I hear that right? I was a, uh, yeah, I was, I was a singer songwriter. If you go on iTunes right now and Google Stephen Cooley, you will find my album. So, I mean, this, this is, I've been singing and playing piano, um, you know, since I was five years old, you know, so I mean, the another musician and mortgages. Like, I know. That. Well, I mean, and and especially in marketing, I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed not to find a marketer that doesn't have a creative acumen, even if it's like painting uh, miniatures or something, you know, very niche like that. I mean, there's it's just yeah. possible not to have a creative side to you when it comes to that. And, and that's where it gets interesting in business because you have these two dynamics. You have numbers heavy people and you have creatives. And sometimes one's more accurate than the other. And sometimes it's hard to tell what's going to perform the best. And oftentimes yeah. in business, my experience has been that there is a, a deficiency in one or the other. And so my area of expertise is, you know, strategy and business intelligence and helping businesses understand how all that applies to their business objectives. 
That's excellent. And, you know, obviously there is a void when you're in the industry. And I would like to have you just briefly share how you're filling that void in the marketplace, especially with your services. We'll give you a little, we'll give you a chance to put a little plug in there for yourself. Then yeah, we're going to get I mean, into digital yeah, marketing. Digital marketing is, you know, commoditized at this point in our business, right? I mean, there is, everybody is participating in some capacity with digital marketing. They have a website. They're on social media. They might be doing some paid advertising. Everybody is doing something online. I mean, you have to be consumers. That's where the right. consumers are finding who they're going to do their mortgage with. So now it's about understanding how much money do I spend on paid advertising? What do I put online? Why do I put it on there? You know, what are our actual objectives? You know, you talked about direct to, con- you know, direct to consumer versus maybe business to business. I mean, are, are those engagements the same? Do we have to build the same digital online assets to reach, you know, each of those uh, categories? So I think that there's uh, some misunderstandings about what's needed to be done to, to reach our audience. And it's hard to navigate. I mean, you have a, you know, a couple of people talk about technology and AI and, uh, you know, machine learning. And, and there is just so much resource available to mortgage companies at this point, plus you have your Facebook, um, you know, like lead gen guys. You got a bunch of independent, like lead gen folks going in. I can help you grow your business, and so it's, it's it's very very clustered out there, and it's hard to understand, you know, what is needed and where yeah. the investment needs to go, and uh, you know what what we need to say to actually engage our audience. So I'm it's a it's a tall order, and I, I'm hoping to help fill that void. Well, don't doubt it. You and I had the most fascinating ride to the airport. I was really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm so glad we finally got it where you were on the podcast. So uh, thrilled to share it. So let's start off with this. How has digital marketing impacted the mortgage industry? Digital marketing is, we know it is, but from your perspective, right. how is it doing it? There are many conversations that a mortgage company has to participate in to really capture their audience. And it's very similar, and it's it's probably the first time that you could actually cast the widest net, not the first time, but you're able to cast a very wide net to reach your consumer at this point. I think the numbers like 73% of consumers look at a third party resource before they make a buying decision. And so you have your bank rates and lending trees and Zillow's and even realtor.com's and you have all these different variables that are important to have some sort of engagement um, or, or listing or, or some sort of commentary on somebody's platform. And so there, there's just a lot of options and, oh, and, and listing reviews and online reputation. Online reputation has had a, a, huge, a huge surge over the last 10 years. And uh, understanding how to navigate that online reputation to make sure that you're, you know, kind of separating yourself from the market. And then on top of all of that, and, and I also will be able to appreciate this, you have to do it compliantly. You have to yeah. somehow distinguish <laughs> yourself. You have to somehow articulate um, – you know, your, your company message and what you offer in a way that does not make the internal counsel or compliance officers that wh- however you navigate or govern your, com- you know, your, your co- compliance when it comes to advertising, you know, you have to figure out a way to, you know, uh, creatively reach your audience. And it's, 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 it's a challenging endeavor to say the least. And, you know, I, I, I got to do like these weekly you know, meetings almost, you know, to, to you know, and, you, and you, you put up this campaign and, you, and you, you might be super pumped about it and nobody will approve it because there's just, a, you know, a couple tidbits of it that, you know, that, that, that are concerning. So 
you know, that, that is the impact today that I, I, I probably, and even maybe the deficiency I see with digital marketing within the mortgage industry is it's gotten a little dull. It's getting a little hard <laughs> to really. You know who's at fault for that? Uh, all the compliance that. people. Everyone that's compliant. I'm teasing Alice. She's training. I don't think it's Alice's fault. You know, I, mean, I don't. I think that it's hard to understand <laughs> what I'm able to say. But the other thing is that if, if I believe that uh, you know, pushing product and services is the way to reach my customer, then, then it's, it's probably my fault, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't well, and I agree with I mean, you. I'm being facetious. But I do want to get Alice course. in here real quickly, and then we're going to go over to Alan and get some questions. But let's go to Alice real quickly. Alice, your thoughts on the compliance side of this, because I'm teasing you. It's getting boring because of all the compliance people out there. I'm getting hate stares and hate mail already oh, in no. from uh, your, the <laughs> counterparts. But, but Alice, you know, it, it's one of those things where we do see that compliance has got to get factored into this, and there are some limitations. What you guys have, you guys are starting to make a more significant stab into digital lending, consumer direct. Yes, and absolutely. I'm going to apologize. Something's going on with my phone where it won't come off the speaker phone. So if I don't, okay, <laughs> a little hollow. Uh, you know, I'm pushing buttons and nothing's happening. Anyway, um, yeah, that's right. I see one thing. I guess that's coming out from a compliance standpoint is, and, and just in general, is that whole branding because. The issue is the LOs want to reach the customer. They feel that they know what the message is that their customers need to hear and their own personal brand. And trying to balance that with a corporate brand, is that even possible? So can you let LOs have their individual branding and still work at a corporate brand and still stay in compliance? Because the LOs want to just, they got to move fast, right? They want to get stuff out today. They want 100%. their own articles. And how do you check all that and keep it, in, and keep it under yep. control with the corporate brand? There are some no-nos in, compl- in the in the world of marketing compliance that you know, when you're, you know, you can't talk about rate. You can't say that you're the best mortgage, you know, company on the planet, and or you can't give guarantees. I can't tell you that um, you know this mortgage is going to change your life for the better, like you know, um, or or whatnot. But the the way that you know branding a individual, whether it be branch or LO works and and works with compliance is getting interpersonal i mean i think and and that's and and telling that personal story that doesn't necessarily have something to do specifically with products specifically with mortgage just leans into it you know when you when you specify that you're the experts you need to kind of like act like it i think that you know you're (laughs) that that is 100 percent true in fact i put a post out that recently saying the first time you're actually doing online reputation is uh, when, when you put your job title out there, right? So, I mean, that is, that is the personal brand. It's is not so much that you have to talk product, talk mortgage, and give guarantees and, and whatnot. You can actually tell a story without saying a single trigger point or even mentioning mortgage and definitely get in front of your customers. That's really good. Alan, shoot away, fire away. You know, really, the first part of it is, you know, what should a mortgage company be doing with their digital marketing? And maybe you could even talk about not only what they should be doing, but what about the folks that they're spending money everywhere and they're saying this is another expense. So maybe you can just help by saying what should you be doing and how do you get in the game? How do you get started if you don't already? And then the second question, which you may just want to go right into, is what would you say to people that already have a staff? What should you be doing in digital marketing is, is a pretty loaded question. You know, you got your website, you have your social media. I think mortgage companies 
a lot of times feel social media is like this black hole of spending. And then a lot of times it is. And so really it's about what strategies should they be implementing uh, against their digital marketing, right? What strategy, what approach should they be taking to reach their customers online? So, I mean, it's not a matter of if they should be doing digital marketing or what, of course they should. That's, that's, that's the commodity. That's an old duh, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, like, that's, you know, the internet's not bad, right? I mean, like, so it's not, it's not if. So the the one thing I would say today that is, you know, that would touch what Alice is saying and, and kind of lead into what your, your second question is, is, they need to be telling a really, really good story. There's a reason why Snapchat blew up. There's a reason why uh, stories now are on Instagram and Facebook and that type of digital marketing is is uh, is is the forefront of what's going on. There's a reason why video is is a big deal is and and it's because so it, it's a really awesome way to tell a story. And so figuring out how to tell a story and you have a, a micro stories and you have macro stories and figuring out how it ties into your brand and reinforcing it with paid media, social media, display marketing, email marketing. You know, pick your pick your favorite service and and reinforcing it and uh, figuring out how to optimize against it. Say, so, you know, one of the things you bring up micro macro. I wait before we got too far away from that, and then I'm going to you, Andy Shell. What's the difference between micro? Is it just purely the length of the video? If you're doing video or the audio file, is it just the length of it? Yeah, absolutely. everybody gets together at the beginning of the year and they put together these amazing company goals that they want to accomplish. They put together, they're, they're, they're moving towards a culture. There's all this personality. We're hiring. We have all these variations of storytelling going on. And then we like walk away from that meeting and we don't tell the story for, for three months again. We don't touch ah, it again for yeah. three months. And then within, within that, you have just tons of cool stuff, hopefully going on in your company, you know? And so there's all this really actionable content that we, that we witness every day that has to be digitalized, has to be spoken about, has to be, because that is the true brand of your business, right? I mean, that's the thing that separates you. And if, if you don't have a differentiator, I mean, what, what difference does it make what mortgage company you use? Andy. Hey, Stephen, thanks for connecting again. So here's the deal. I've got it's sort of a two-part question, and it, and it kind of comes back aligned to how and why. So what I'm wondering about is you've made a number of recommendations about how companies should manage digital marketing, and, and that's that would be your 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 recommendation is based on uh, some sort of measurement. So I'm curious to know how do you measure consumer behavior to know how to provide the recommendations that you do? And connected with that, within the measurement of consumer behavior is the response rate or some level of knowing you do this, XYZ will happen. And if XYZ happens, then that drives a result. And the result drives financial performance, which drives an ROI. So I got to throw right. in a little bit of the CPA stuff. Because I love the fuzziness, but I also you got to show me show me why. So show me the math. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you could tie that together for me. Sure. So my philosophy around marketing is marketing, digital marketing, should create one of three things for a business. It should create direct revenue. It should create attribution, or it should create efficiency. And so when you're trying to figure out what your key performance indicators are, 
KPIs, and, and somebody might need to figure them out for you or identify them for you, and they're going to be tied directly to your business objectives. You should be looking and maybe even categorize and separate out, okay, this is a – because storytelling is not necessarily going to drive revenue, right? I mean, if I tell a story or whatnot and I get eyes on the story, that doesn't necessarily mean that those those impressions are going to turn into direct revenue. However, right. they could turn into attribution it could be a touch point in the buyer journey. And attribution is by, by far the hardest number to aggregate to understand how it's impacting your direct revenue or any types of efficiencies. And so as you develop out your KPIs and you, and you make these distinct, you know, um, you know, kind of understand your conversion points, you have your front-end conversion points, meaning that they are showing up or they're looking at, they're, they're, they're viewing your, your site, then it's important to track that through to understand when they're coming back, what else are they touching, what other assets might they be engaging with, and then moving them into possibly a nurturing campaign or whatnot, and then ultimately getting those folks to drive and, and figuring out if you have a, a buyer or if you have a, a, a nurture candidate or MQL or an SQL. And then efficiency-wise, same type of challenge. Is, are some of these things – or technologies or software or advertising, helping us save time, helping our, our loan officers do what they're good at and, you know, working in the background to help them, you know, ultimately, you know, help their customer find what they need. Perfect. Exactly. That's, that is so great because there's so much to unpack in all of that. I, and I look forward to talking <laughs> to you more about this. Good stuff. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, I'm interested in getting into the content. When you talk about content marketing, I mean, this podcast is content marketing. There's so much. That's such a broad uh, character. Andy doing Andy doing the um, webinar with the MBA on accounting, the basics of accounting, is content. Talk to us about that. I mean, what are some of the things that you find working that's not working? Give us your insights. Right now, of course, everybody is leaning towards the trend, and, and I wouldn't even call it a trend. It's probably going to be the new norm, which is video, right? Podcasts yeah. also coming to the forefront as a – is a huge content opportunity. You know, you have 30 to 60 minutes to uniquely, you know, talk to your, to your audience base. And so you're in, right. with content, you know, I've always tried to separate it into three categories, which is uh, awareness, consideration, and then decision. And so with content, your basic, you know, one-on-one content strategy must encompass one of those three things. And again, it's a, it's to take them through the buyer's journey, you know, providing content to get their attention, providing, providing content to make them consider, you know, your product offerings or, or your, or your brand or your company to help them make the buying decision. And then ultimately, you know, the, the content that drives the decision, the, the kind of the tough, you answer the tough questions. Yeah. And, right. The only way to figure out what works is to consistently, consistently try. And, uh, you know, content marketing, you know, company budgets inc is increasing every single year. I mean, it, there is no, there, there, no shortage of, of budget when it comes to content because it is, you know, I heard somebody say data is king. Well, I would say content is king. Yep. The more opportunities you have to, to capture your audience, the better. Alice, do you have any questions at the top of mind here that come to you as you guys are, I know you, what you're doing over there at uh, Union Home. Any thoughts? Well, I think you've answered several of them, but I think, so is social media in your eyes, you know, we've had others on the show talk about, you know, the 
the branding and the messaging, but you're, you right. are definitely sending a message that's going a lot farther into how to get someone to actually act on that and make a decision. So what do you find makes the difference? You talked about storytelling. What, what else can really have a consumer yeah. make a decision to move forward and do business with you? Social media tends to be the gasoline to the fire. Your product and what you offer is, especially in the mortgage business, is a little commoditized as well, right? There's a hmm, there's an author here in there, there, there's an author here in um, Bloomington, Indiana. His name's Jay Bear, and he has this cool book called Hug Your Haters, and he gives this line that I love. Hug your haters. I like that. He says, "Customer service is the new marketing." And so when you're talking about buyer's decision, a couple things usually, usually happen. They go through buyers, they go through buyer's journey, and uh, and then there is some sort of advocacy that occurs for the brand or the product or the or the actual company. And that advocacy either comes from an online online reputation or it comes uh, uh, online reputation or it comes from a direct experience that their friend or family or uh, colleague has provided them. I mean, that advocacy and that recommendation, whether it be online or it is um, as the result of a someone they've come in contact to is, is the, is the probably the highest converting conversion point that we can find. When you're advising someone on developing a content marketing strategy, what are the things you're telling them? I want to hear about empathetic solutions to circumstance in content. I don't really want to hear about product at all. Very little. Ah, very interesting. If I can uniquely empathize with a consumer's circumstance, and I'm talking about the nuances of not being able to put together the down payment or the nuances of being self-employed, the nuances of wanting to buy a home and renovate it and you know, uh, trying to understand how that, how that funky 203k loan works. And if I, if I can very, if I can kind of, if I can read my consumer's mail, if I can, I, you know, talk about the fears of, you know, being a, you know, a a new parent and buying a house and moving with a baby. If I can, if I can reach them at that level, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have to talk about product. To, to drive it home, I, I, I can hit, I can get on their level really fast, and I have a, I have a, I can almost create a lukewarm conversation right away. Yeah, it's good connectivity. Alan, I want to get into reputation management, but before we leave content, do you have any questions? No, you know, I, I will just, I, I will agree with you. It's not, and I've said this in the past. It's not always about product. Um, a lot of people say, you know, sell, sell the inventory, sell what we have today. It is about empathy and relationship and educating the borrower and we talk about that so much so it is not about software and every single feature and what technology you do and don't have but it's about the relationship and the experience that that you provide that's good so you and i met at the social survey event last year which is a reputation management company they do a great job out there there's some others that do it we have a bias towards them because of our friendship with them but talk about the digital marketing related to the mortgage industry and the importance of reputational management. The biggest challenge with reputation management is, is where to have it. I mean, you have quite a large variety of places where you can be reviewed from Zillow to LendingTree to 
consumer affairs to uh, to social survey to Google to Yelp. I mean, there are just so many different avenues and places where consumers can show up, and you know, and it's based on whatever their preference is, and you know, rate you and rate their experience. You know, online reputations getting, you know, it, it, it wasn't as um, consumers are articulating much much more online than they ever have yeah. before. Um, and this working in the reverse mortgage space, that is especially true. You've, uh, really? Seniors are, That's interesting. Have no problem. Seniors have no problem going online and, um, you know, telling you how, what they think and telling you what their experiences was like and, uh, you know, sharing that. What is the ratio of bad reviews to good reviews? Is there any statistics that you're aware of out there on that? No, I'm not. I mean, the the I I do know this though. The the bad reviews are where it all happens, though. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. bad reviews are the gold, and I mean that's I think the 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 biggest uh, misstep that I see is just that's kind of overlooked. I mean, I, the consumer behavior. If you're going to go buy a TV on Amazon, and you are shopping and you find the TV you want, it has you know two thousand you know, reviews and it has 4.4 stars and you start to look for the reviews, I mean, you look for the bad ones. You don't look at the, you're not, you don't go and look for five-star reviews. I want to know what the worst case scenario is of of what could happen with this (laughs) TV I'm going to buy. And now let's move it into this, this, this huge purchase I'm about to make that's going to change my life. And all I can find is five-star reviews. And the truth of it is, you know, we're shorting our consumers by doing that, by not really showing and creating that true transparency. I would love to see on social survey, loan officers put out one of their one-star reviews and, and, and then a response on how they handled, you know, that situation. Yeah. I mean, we're not, yeah. we're, not yep. all, we're not all functioning at a five star. I mean, if, if you are, God bless you. I heard someone say that that's really where the magic can happen is how you respond to the one-star reviews that really create some pre- – and, and, and otherwise it looks so Photoshopped. And you look at Facebook and everyone has their perfect life posted up there. And you, <laughs> you look below the, below the surface, you go, like, that, you don't have a perfect life. When I look at Facebook and I look at your real life – I'm not talking about you, Stephen. I'm talking about people out there, right. uh, <laughs> the people I know. You go like, There's, this we is not the same person. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's, no, I think there's I mean, this, all this posing, and people are putting a, such a high premium on authenticity. It's like the mortgage industry is fraught with lots of challenges and lots of setbacks. We all know that. Be honest and real about it, authentic about it. Tell me about what you did to overcome that problem, and I think that's just so, so good on it. So I'll let you put a bow on that after we wrap this so we can wrap this up. What are the most important things that you're recommending in a digital marketing strategy? If listeners, pay attention to this. This guy knows what he's doing. I think the first thing is to make sure that you have one. I mean, th- there's... Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I, start I think, have one. <laughs> I think there's, there, that is probably the, the biggest... If I took a survey of, of in the mortgage industry, what's your digital marketing strategy? I think you'd be hard-pressed for somebody to put a piece of paper in front of you and say, this is what we're doing. I think yeah. that they could arbitrarily tell you what they're doing, but I don't know if there's strong objectives against the things that they're participating in. I mean, again, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know that it's important because the, because the you know the interweb tells me it's important, and I know the consumers are shopping online. I know that they are participating and trying to figure out what to do and, and educating themselves on product, but I really don't have an articulate strategy 
to reach them to, uh, you know, I don't have an articulate strategy around my budget, how much I should spend. And I really have no way to measure this and understand what these measurements mean to my business and if it is creating uh, direct revenue attribution or efficiency within my business. So that's really I think good. that's right now one of the most important things that uh, a business should take into consideration when it comes to digital marketing strategy. Good. Andy, you just texted me a great comment about an article you shared with me. Go ahead and talk about that. Authenticity. There's a bunch of academic studies on authenticity and how it's like going to the used car lot and someone says, oh, this is an awesome car. It's perfect for you. Well, there's already a sense of, well, they're selling me something. But when it's a, when it's a close relationship between an employee and an employer, there, there's supposed to be a sense of trustworthiness. And the trustworthiness factor is the thing that is super important, and it can get built and it can get destroyed more, even more quickly. And the, how you do that is built around ethics. It's built around, like Dave was saying, honesty. It was built around non-being, not being manipulative. There's just so much to all of this, but Stephen's got so many great points, especially like the, the having something's better than nothing, but at the same time, don't just guess. You know, yeah. Get someone right. like Stephen to help you figure out how to do it right the first time, because don't be random about it. It's going to just feel like you're wasting money. Do it in a way that actually drives an ROI. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, we got to wrap this up. Stephen, what's your thoughts as you close this out? I really appreciate it. This was a great experience. I, like I, I have not done a bunch of, uh, I have not gotten to do an interview thing since I was, like I said, signed a long, long time ago. So really excited to be in business and to participate. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to tackling some big challenges. So I appreciate it. You did a good job, but thank you for coming on and being willing to do so, uh, reaching out. You stayed persistent, which is one of the things you need to do, folks. If you're going to be there, do what do what Stephen did. I had forgotten. I can, can, he had to reconnect some dots. When you get to be 69 my age, you're, you can lose the dots sometimes in between. He goes, Dave, don't you remember we met on the car? Go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then we got into it, and then it got really exciting again. But, uh, Stephen, I want to say thanks so much for taking time to be here. I wish you all the success in the world. We do want to have you back as we talk about that. Uh, we're trying to get listeners Amy Moses to come on. We're negotiating with her company to have her come on and talk about this. Uh, she's with Merz, and we're going to get her talking about digital marketing. But next week, we've got Ken Jones talking about one of my – and he's in my favorite topic. Well, it's all of ours. It's a leadership. He's the president of Resex Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, and he'll be here next week. We're going to be talking about leadership from a warehouse lender's perspective Thank you so much. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finastra, Resex Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, the MBA Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Velma, Knowledge Coop, Vidyard, and AI Assist. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, go to our website, Licking on Lending. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here as a listener. And tell someone else about this. Share this podcast on social media. We appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.